Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition, a monthly podcast series about Ukrainian tech and IT startups and their efforts to go global. Today is Thursday, April 11, 2019. Our guest for this episode is Charles Whitehead, who is the director of the Law, Technology, and Entrepreneurship Program at Cornell Tech in New York City, and also the co-founder of a new business incubator in Ukraine, AO Business. Welcome, Charles. How are you? Very good. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on, on, uh, on your podcast. Yeah, and thanks so much for agreeing to attend. Charles, I'm curious about your background and your interest in Ukraine. I understand that as a child, you actually visited Ukraine with your dad, who was a diplomat at the time, serving in Moscow. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, so we were in the Soviet Union uh, when, uh, during one of those rare periods where the relationship between uh, the U.S. And, and, and the Soviet Union had warmed up. And so during that period, people from the Soviet uh, embassy, Soviet representatives were invited to visit different cities in, in the United States. And my dad was invited to visit different places in the Soviet Union. And I remember talking to my dad. I was, I was, a, I was like 12 or 13. And my dad said, look, we're going to Ukraine because it was an area that he thought was, was great, that I'd enjoy it. So we visited Kiev and Odessa uh, when I was, what, 12 or 13, still part of the Soviet Union. This relationship, this thawing of, of, of the relationship between the two countries continued for the next year. Uh, and so the following year, uh, I was invited to go to a pioneer camp, uh, Autotech. Autotech, Mike, as you, as you may recall, is based in Crimea. And uh, at the time, they had invited you know, American embassy kids and others to go down to Crimea. The, the, the difficulty was, you know, it's, it's a thousand miles plus away from Moscow. And at the time, you know, it's away from air conditioning and, you know, Coca-Cola, things like this. So you didn't get a lot of American kids to sign up. In fact, none signed up. And so the American ambassador, because I played a lot of hockey with uh, the kids in Moscow, a lot of, a lot of uh, played a lot of football, uh, had heard that I spoke decent Russian, uh, called my dad up and said, you know, Maybe your son would be interested in doing this. So I'm actually the first American to go to Autotech as a full-time camper. And so when I come to Ukraine, I remind people, that I was uh, very early on part of Ukraine. And I've seen this country develop from a very young age. And, and when I come back here, I am reminded of uh, you know my childhood. I'm, I'm actually, as we speak, here in Odessa, in the Hotel Bristol, I believe this hotel was called the Hotel Krasny back when I in the Soviet Union, and I'm pretty sure this is the hotel I stayed in as a kid when we visited Odessa. So for me, in many ways, this is almost like my childhood. So Charles, tell us how you got from there to being director of the Law, Technology, and Entrepreneurship Program at Cornell Tech. So if you look at my career, uh, Mike, probably the optimal career would be what I did backwards. Um, so I spent about 20 years on Wall Street. Uh, I was a managing director at Nomura Securities. Uh, Nomura was, uh, at the time, one of the very early investors into uh, Silicon Valley. When I was at Nomura, it's a Japanese-based uh, investment bank. Uh, Nomura, at the time, was earning more money than Toyota or Sony, uh, probably the largest and certainly the most profitable investment bank in the world at the time. 
Uh, I left Nomura to join Solomon Brothers. I was a managing director at Solomon Brothers. Solomon was uh, the biggest bond house in the world uh, at the time. Solomon ended up merging with Citibank, and I became the head of Citigroup for Japan and part of Korea. I was about 11 or 12 percent of Citigroup's bottom line. But actually, I wanted to be an academic. Uh, from from back when I was in university, it's a little unusual to spend you know 15, 20 years on Wall Street. But the opportunity came up for me to become an academic, and I jumped at it, uh, and ended up becoming today a professor at Cornell. What Cornell, you know, Cornell is an interesting model. What happened with Cornell and Cornell Tech? I was uh, asked to sort of assist in the development of Cornell Tech. Cornell Tech is to New York City what what uh, Stanford is to Silicon Valley. It was something that Mayor Bloomberg, when he was the mayor of New York, wanted to develop as a way to enhance sort of university and startup and uh, investment interaction. Uh, and so he had, a, he, had, he had a competition, and the winner was going to get property in uh, Roosevelt Island, which parallels Manhattan, probably worth billions of dollars. And there were like 30 different universities that, that looked at this, uh, got narrowed down to eight, eventually down to two, us and Stanford, and, and we prevailed. There are three basic programs at Cornell Tech. I am the founding director and, and continue to operate one of those three programs. So, you know, this is a very long way, Mike, of saying I, I spent a lot of time on Wall Street. My perspective on startups was really from the, the private equity venture capital side. But at the same time, as an academic, really Cornell Tech is a large incubator. Uh, I've been involved on the entrepreneurship side as well. Charles, I've read that you've spent a lot of time in Kharkiv in Ukraine. Why? So um, I was initially asked by a group of people from Kharkiv to visit them. Uh, I was lecturing in Frankfurt, and I had two uh, students from Kharkiv uh, ask me to come to Ukraine. And I think they were a little surprised when I said, absolutely, I'd, be, I'd love to do it. And these were two guys from the uh, National Law University, Yaroslav Mudrye in Kharkiv. And so I started out there. And I was lecturing in Kharkiv for about a year and a half, two years. Ended up setting up a, um, uh, an organization, a company called the Institute of Law, Technology, and Innovation, uh, which was basically a way to teach law to uh, lawyers who were interested in tech and, and startups and, and innovation and things like this. Uh, and did this for about two years before I was approached by some academics, some business people, and others about potentially setting up an incubator or some mechanism fund into Ukraine. So I started out in Kharkiv, but, you know, given the nature of what I was doing, Kiev, Lviv, Odessa, all made a lot of sense for me to, 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 to work with. Uh, but the original contact, you know, after I had grown up and, and had spent time on Wall Street was from Kharkiv. So you're now the co-founder of the AO Business Incubators, which I understand are going to launch initially in Kyiv and Kharkiv. And this is a, a program of USAID? We are funded by the USAID Competitive Economy Program, which is a program designed, among other things, to support a new economy, greater competitiveness globally uh, with the Ukrainian economy. And when does the program formally launch? So we've launched already. We launched uh, last week, May 2nd uh, and May 5th in Kiev and Kharkiv. We are accepting applications right now through May 3rd. Uh, 5 p.m. Ukraine time. What will happen is after May 3rd, 
through the May, May 14th, we will uh, select with the mentors. Uh, we have 25 really great mentors uh, working in this incubator. Uh, we will select the teams that we're looking to work with, probably somewhere between 8 to 10. And we will launch our boot camp on May 20th. Uh, this is a six-day, very intensive boot camp. It's uh, really something that you'd expect to see more in the U.S. than in Ukraine. But the idea is to get the companies in the incubator up the learning curve very fast so that they can begin to engage with some of our mentors. And our mentors uh, are really top-notch. Each team that's in the incubator will have a Ukrainian and a non-Ukrainian mentor. And we want the teams to be able to engage directly very early on with the mentors, which is why we've done the six-day boot camp. And how many companies do you hope to select for the four teams? So, uh, again, initially we're going to probably go between 8 to 12, 8 to 10. And that's because, you know, my incubator is, is a startup. We need to prove that the concept works in Ukraine. And, you know, like any startup, we will make mistakes. We'll have to adjust our model. We, we plan to do this. Uh, so we're starting relatively small. Once we get up and running... We could get up to 20 or 30 companies in our incubator. Although, to be very clear, uh, our focus is on, is on quality. We're, we're not as focused on numbers as much as the quality of the companies in our incubator. And the reason for that is because the, the this incubator is really intended to create a global platform for Ukraine. I've met a number of startups out of Ukraine. They are in Poland. They are in Helsinki. They're in Austria. They're in Amsterdam. And they go there because they just don't have the opportunity to grow, to expand, uh, which makes no sense to me. Uh, the tech here in Ukraine is great. The teams are great. I, consistently, when I meet people who know Ukraine, they'll talk about how creative the teams are, how hardworking they are. Well, if you're going to create a tech hub and if you're going to leverage Ukrainian technology, you need a global incubator. And that's really the purpose. So our goal really is quality. Uh, I think over time we'll grow. Uh, but initially, because we really are focused on the quality of who we incubate, we're probably looking at somewhere between eight and ten companies. And what criteria are you looking for as you select companies for the business incubator? So we're pretty open. We're looking for a broad range of technology, anything from IT to pharmaceuticals to ag tech to legal tech, hardware, software, material sciences. There might come a time in the future where we start focusing on particular areas of technology, but because this incubator and this, this model of an incubator is so new to Ukraine, we're starting very broad. In terms of uh, where you are on the spectrum of development, we're looking at anything from people that have got some really good ideas to folks that have customers and, and revenues. I will say this, we will not take into the incubator someone who we don't think we can help. So if you're not sure, maybe you've got some customers, maybe you've got some revenues, you're not sure whether or not we're the right group for you, we're not looking to simply pick up numbers. We're looking to really develop teams that we think we can help. And so we don't have any specific criteria beyond the fact that you are Ukrainian and the tech is Ukrainian. And again, at the end of the day, we think we can help you. If you take a look at our application, our application gives you generally the criteria that are relevant for what we're looking at. But you'll see it's pretty general. Uh, again, Ukrainian-based tech, broadly defined, and any range of companies that, we're, you know, that, that are prepared to work with us. So it sounds like a company doesn't have to have a product with revenue right now to be able to apply to the program. Absolutely not. We're, we're more than happy to take seed and pre-seed pre companies. We're also happy to take companies that are you know, late-stage seed companies, uh, companies that have revenues. But no, if you've got uh, a really good idea or maybe it's a prototype, we think we can help you. 
even if you have a prototype and even if you have revenues, we think we can help you. Uh, what we've noticed in Ukraine is that there are some really good businesses with great prototypes that think they can expand into the U.S. markets but have no experience doing this. Our goal, because our mentors are global, we have Ukrainian mentors, but we have mentors from around the world, is to get you global and to get uh, the startups global in terms of production, product development, investors. And so even if you have revenues, if the idea is to create a, a global platform, we're the incubator for you. If you don't have revenues, but you think maybe your model is something that's scalable, something that works in the U.S., again, you're looking for perhaps investors as well from the U.S. or Western Europe, we're the incubator for you. And what about investment in the startups? Does AO provide any financing? We do not. So AO does not invest in the startups, uh, but quite deliberately. We are an open architecture incubator, meaning that we're not tied to any one fund. And we think that's better for the businesses. Honestly, if we were tied to a particular fund, it would make my life a lot easier. I would look at the startups, I'd introduce them to the fund, and that would be, just, that would be it. The, the thing is, we want our uh, companies to tie up with what's referred to commonly as smart money. Investors that provide funding, but are also known for this particular industry. So let's say you're a pharmaceutical business. We would want to attract capital from investors who are known for being good in the pharmaceutical industry. Rarely do you find a single fund that covers the broad spectrum of technology we're looking for. And so we don't invest, but we, what we do is try to introduce you to people that we think will invest or at least be interested in. This is true for investors in Ukraine, investors outside Ukraine, public money, private money. But our goal is to get you funded. It may not happen while you're being incubated. I look at sort of my projected sort of how I measure myself as, as nine months outside of the incubator. We'll get you set up to be really good at pitching, uh, really good at understanding who the investors are. Early on, even at this stage, before I even have teams in the incubator, I'm already talking to potential investors who like this idea of a global platform. We've got great mentors. Uh, they trust the mentors and the judgment of the mentors in developing businesses. And so we'll look very quickly to try to introduce you to investors, maybe within the first month of the incubation cycle. By the time you're done with the four-month incubation cycle, you'll do what's called a demo day. Demo days are uh, open to the general public as well as investors. And hopefully by, by the time of the demo day, you'll have met with investors. But certainly on demo day, you'll have investors that will be able to hear your pitch, get a sense of your business. We'll record the demo days. We'll stream them live. But we'll make sure they're available to people in and outside Ukraine at the same time. Charles, unfortunately, we're out of time. If someone would like to apply for the program, where can they go? Please go to our Facebook page. It's ao.in.ua. AO in Ukraine, AO.IN.UA. There is a link to our application directly there. Please take a look at it. It is a standard American application. It's the sort of application you'd expect to see for an incubator in the States. If you have any questions, you can also contact us by email through the Facebook page, and we're happy to answer questions if something comes up while you're looking at the application. And again, to emphasize, the application has to be in by May 3rd for the first round. That's right. For this first round, 5 p.m. Ukraine time on May 3rd is, is what we're looking for. We'll get back to you by May 14th on whether or not you're in the incubator, and we will start our boot camp on May 20th. Great. Thanks so much, Charles. Thank you. We have been speaking with Charles Whitehead, 
who is the co-founder of the AO Business Incubator Program in Ukraine. And I'm Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition, a monthly podcast series about Ukrainian tech and IT startups and their efforts to go global. Until next time, that's all for now.